is if you're paying attention. I want to go to a good college so I can have a fruitful life. Annie, you're not going to school like this now. I think we are five years away from never leaving our homes again. I know. No. no. Here is a world of communication. Some behaviors are far more mysterious. Bringing together all people in a new era of understanding. Why is it that only humans can communicate using symbols? Hey, wait a minute. All of a sudden, our lives have become a sort of Tales from the Crypt, Gremlins type of... What's down here? Fairy tale moral story. This is your grandfather's store. We're a chance encounter that brings the protagonist to an ancient shop of secrets full of eccentric treasures. What is it? Mogwai. Becomes entangled in a devil's bargain, a genie dilemma, a monkey's paw, Chinese finger trap, careful what you wish for type of situation. Unless and until we have a vaccine, then I suspect that we're going to have to live with some degree of constraint. Uh, because of the nature of the... Take it! This part isn't about the virus at all. It's about following orders. Not doing what you're talking about. It becomes an enchantment and a trap that redirects the outcome and an allurement that entices the user with the magic of new possibilities, a new technology and powers ultimately it's always about power. Remember how it started. To avoid overwhelming our hospital systems. Latin flexum, flattening the curve. In other words, reduce the number of people that die. Enter in cybernetics. Yes, we dealt with this in an entire section of our film, The Minds of Men. And it's still not that well understood. It's probably the least considered part of our film. It's very murky in, in many people's minds. It's all centered around man-computer symbiosis. Things are going to be considerably better for a lot of people when and if we ever get changed over to an essentially electronic base. As this network evolved, the internet developed into an artificial nervous system. The important thing to realize about systems is how they are controlled. And we must get rid of any notion straight away that control is something imposed on the system from outside. It has to be built into it. Let's see how the mechanism works. You see it lifting here, transmitting the message along here, lifting that cam up here, and then shutting off a valve there. That is built into the system. It's called feedback, and feedback is ubiquitous in control systems. It was hard for me to wrap my head around. However, that's certainly not the case within the belt of the industry and the connected, decentralized pool of tech innovators and suppliers and producers the linear manufacturers of computers and related tools. One can imagine the neuron being a thresholding unit or processing unit that accepts signals from surrounding neurons. These incoming signals that are weighted according to the connection that they're coming in on, it in turn will now output a signal to other neurons down the line, so to speak. Behavior only becomes interesting from our point of view when we have a collection of such devices. The brain, for instance, is nothing more than a large collection of these neurons which are interlinked by different connection strengths. Here, for instance, the melding of computers and communication and the switch to digital communication technology, aided and abetted by satellites, the computer technology 
has been moving in a way that nothing else people have ever known has moved. Here's a field that gets a thousand times as good in 20 years. Research now going on will someday permit a network user to log in. And those who have and continue to work through enormous corporations like IBM and Xerox in creating the base pieces that were to be used. Xerox, the copier company, set up the Palo Alto Research Center, or PARC. The management said, go create the new world. We don't understand it. Here are people who have a lot of ideas and tremendous talent. Personal computing would burst on the scene exactly the way we had envisioned it. This is a Xerox Alto computer uh, built around 1973. Some people would argue that this is the first personal computer. It had the first GUI using a mouse to point to information on the screen. It was linked to other PCs by a system called Ethernet. Without it, all of that began in a wave of testing and research that came before the wave of luminaries and icons, the new titans of our time period, who are known and connected to the biggest institutions of this new way, your Steve Jobs, your Bill Gates, etc. All of their systems were built upon things that came before it, things like uh, GUI systems, graphic user interfaces. These idiots in New York want to show it all to Steve Jobs. I won't do it. Hi, I'm Steve Jobs. I need you to answer some other questions about the stuff you've invented, the graphic interface, graphic interface. Developed by Xerox and DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Agency on the one hand, uh, to serve the pathway that, that later came to be under Apple personal computers, for instance. And they showed me really uh, three things. I was so blinded by the first thing they showed me, which was the graphical user interface. Within you know, 10 minutes, it was obvious to me that all computers would work like this. This graphic interface stuff was like a miracle back then, and we got it. Steve got it from Xerox, who just turned it all over for us to fool with. Like, like rich people giving junky old stuff to the Salvation Army. And closely related, IBM's development of the program, personal computer, its software, and related devices. Windows software wasn't invented by Microsoft as much as it was tweaked by it. And their business plan was largely a spin-off of functions that IBM envisioned but wasn't allowed to do under antitrust lawsuits and other regulations that prevented them from being a total monopoly. It was a Seattle programmer and software developer who wrote and created the backbone of what became Windows. And it was Gates and his cohorts at Microsoft who bought it off of this software developer for a now stinging sum of maybe $50,000, I forget exactly what it was, a pittance compared to the massive fortune that's come from it. I mean, give me a break. You've got this interrelationship between control and institutions and bureaucracy and the innovations and creations and technology that has the power to destroy that. And yet when it bounces back, creates new institutions and new forms of control. It's like a ping pong game, very much an Atari Pong system. Back and forth between white hat, freeware, giveaway innovators who joyously upend the playing field and massively, almost instantly, distribute benefits to people, free software, access to media and information they never dreamed of. And it's even better when the white hat is gray and it's a Robin Hood hacker, a V for Vendetta, an anonymous leaker, a Napster of free music, for instance, however shady. 
All of this is interrelated. One side is controlling with licenses and strictures. Another side deals with perception, mediation, the direction of images in the sense of representation, symbolism, the misconstruction of perception, even to the point of idol worship. What are we? What are we pursuing? What are we doing? And yet another side deals with the deconstruction and reintegration modified by the cybernetic process of input and output, of problem, reaction, and its solution. The negative feedback from the flywheel to the slide valve letting in the steam. This kept the machine oscillating and turning. recorded the total spectrum of human experience. Interleaked with a computer. Tapestry woven from the memories of past sensations. Such a device may also use data from previous experience to predict the future. Ever growing and unique. The existing natural reflexes are essentially part of the same mechanism that can inform all purposeful activity in Automata. An Ouroboros of death and rebirth, of destruction and reconstruction, a repeating phase of life as old as nature and the seasons. Some behaviors are far more mysterious. Why is it that only humans can communicate using symbols? The quiet revolution of Silicon Valley wasn't all bad. We gained new powers, new abilities, amazing new things came from it. But those powers came with shackles too. And this was also built into the architecture. It is and was classic alchemy. The formula, solve et coagula, solution through dissolution, where component elements are synthesized into a new form through a process of breakdown of dissolving and building back up again, coagulation. But when you think of it, um, as the economy is reshaped quickly to take on a more digitally uh, oriented aspect, we're likely to have an employment hangover, or unemployment hangover, I should say. The economy is not going to be anything like uh, it was. It's going to take a long time to recover. It's going to be, you know, people are going to be surprised at how slow and how, how fitful this it was. It's going to take a long time to recover. It's going to be, you know, people are going to be surprised at how slow and how, how fitful this is. That there are jobs being created by virtue of the digital platforms, as well as there are jobs being lost because of the loss of faith in the analog system. So the society just needs to change more quickly, change more quickly to this new paradigm. Uh, and that's the lesson that we're all learning, right? Work from home, telemedicine, teleeducation. It's all about technology and a better use of technology uh, and really incorporating the lessons into that. And the probably the best mind uh, in this country, if not in this on the globe to do this, uh, is, uh, I believe, a, a true visionary, especially in the field of technology, and that's Eric Schmidt. Uh, and we've asked him to come work with us to bring that kind of visionary aspect to government and society. Uh, the first priorities of what we're trying to do are focused on telehealth, remote learning, and broadband. We can take this terrible disaster and accelerate all of those in ways that will make things much, much better. So in a way, you're making an argument for our technology companies to become even more uh, involved and even uh, that they will become even more needed 
going forward if we're going to move towards much more information technology, information sharing, and so on. That goes against the mood uh, that seemed to prevail before the crisis, where there was finger-pointing about concentration in the IT sector. You never want a serious crisis to go to waste. And what I mean by that, it's an opportunity to do things that you think you could not do before. You're the person to help us do that. Uh, we are all ready, we're all in, uh, and we realize that uh, change is not only imminent, but it can actually be a friend uh, if done the right way. The role here for technology in Silicon Valley has been for decades one of disruption, one of the key bywords of their entire industry. Technology where something interesting is about to happen, another transition in the way people will use information and use computers, what we're really doing is building an augmented version of humanity. New innovators, tech conferences, all centered around the idea of disruption. A word that means by its definition to break apart, to rupture, to throw into disorder, the interruption of the normal course or unity of things. Well, I have spent my whole life, as you have, being a globalist, believing that free trade and open borders and open economics and so forth leads to peace. And we have much, much proof that globalization has benefited many, many billions of humans in terms of standard of living and so forth. We also see the consequence of globalization in the form of the pandemic. The response is national. And if you look, at the end of the day, when people got afraid, they went to a national solution, not a global solution. How do you develop the uh, real-time digital infrastructure at a national level? We're going to have to reimagine how the workplace works. We're going to have to figure out how to get people into buildings that they're fearful of. My guess is we'll have more demand for office space, not less, because people will want social distancing. We're going to have to think about hub-and-spoke systems where local people don't travel so far. The systemic beginning-to-end military-industrial complex participation through DARPA and the shadowy institutions of government and industry cast a dark reflection over the upending of traditional life that we've seen in the digital age. The stage of undermining and destroying the thoroughly corrupt institutions that govern life and reconstituting those functions with systems, artificial intelligence, algorithms, and data tracking. All the benefits and the pitfalls of technology. You can't participate in this new economy without access to the internet. It's how you're going to learn, it's how you're going to deliver services, it's how you're going to market. It, by the way, it's how you're going to sell. Another area is education. We went to remote learning overnight. That's what happens when you close the schools. Okay, all the students go home, we're going to go to remote learning. Well, what is remote learning? And we weren't really ready for it. We had all talked about it, thought about it. There was some, but we were not really prepared to do it. How do we really learn those lessons? And we went to Bill Gates, and he's going to work with us on reimagining the education system. And I want to thank him very much. Uh, how do you create a testing and tracing system? Yes, we have to do this for COVID, but we're not going to go through all of this trouble and then just forget it. Uh, this will happen again. Some people say this virus comes back in the fall or the winter, or there'll be another health emergency. But Michael Bloomberg uh, has generously said that he would work with us and use his philanthropy to de develop that testing and tracing. Uh, and then on a larger scale, how do we really use new technology? in the economy of tomorrow.
You know, corporations are being forced to try to do things in a different way right now, um, but many of them may use this as an excuse or as an accelerant to make some big strategic shifts. This one month, two months period has brought forth 10 years of forward change. So all of a sudden, the internet is no longer optional. It's fundamental to doing business, to operate, to live our lives.